On today's Olympic Hockey Daily, presented by Locked On NHL, we're going to preview the women's tournament quarterfinals and look at the first men's tournament game results. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this Olympic hockey edition of Locked On NHL. I'm Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Ann Kimmel of Locked On Predators. And Ann, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. So how are we doing? Are we ready for these quarterfinal matchups? Oh my gosh, so ready for these quarterfinal matchups. I think we've got some really good games coming up. Can't wait to get to them. Me too. And we had some good men's games, so I'm excited to talk about those as well. Thanks for making Locked on NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, and you can watch us over on YouTube. So we sort of have an update to the update before we get to the quarterfinal preview. And uh, we are going to bring back Erica Ayala live from Beijing or recorded from Beijing, let's say, <laughs> to talk about those matchups. But first, uh, we've been talking about a potential replacement for Brianna Decker. Of course, she was injured in that first game. They had decided on Britta Curl. And oh my God, poor thing. She tested positive for COVID at LAX. This is so disappointing. I just feel awful for her. I feel you know, the frustration that USA Hockey must feel, but just feel terrible for Britta that she's not going to be able to come over and play in the Beijing games after getting that phone call. I just, oh, I can't imagine the disappointment. Yeah. And, you know, she's been taking it so well, super gracious, posted a really nice uh, tweet about it, which we will link to in the show notes as well. But a lot of love and support sending her away because uh, it's just got to be so disappointing. Yes. So we are going to bring Erica Ayala on and talk about all four quarterfinal matchups right now. We are so excited to bring back to the show our pal in Beijing, Erica Ayala. Hey. <laughs> How's it going, Erica? It's going well. It is, for me, the next day after uh, USA-Canada. So that's exciting. We, I was filing my stories and doing all my podcasts as the rest of the field um, it presented itself. Um, so it was, it was a pretty exciting night, obviously. Everyone really focused in on women's hockey. You'll love to see it. Yes, and they got a show. They really did. It was a great game. It really was. So now that the dust has settled with the preliminary matchups, Erica, were there any surprises for you in terms of how the standings turned out and who wound up making the quarterfinals? No, not really. So I, I feel like we've maybe alluded to this before, but the women's tournament, what, once you make Group A – you're going to get the, to the elimination stage. So, um, you know, that, that was pretty much a foregone conclusion. Um, and then it was really interesting, though, to see how things uh, shook out in Group B. We've talked about it before. 
Um, but Sweden was a team that really looking to get back on track. Um, so for them to find their way in was really great. I, I'm not going to lie. I love the story of China and how much they've invested in women's hockey. I've been, you know, ringing that bell since uh, before I even left for Beijing. So um, they had their fate in their hands, though, the night before or the game before in game three and didn't get it done. So that, that's, how, that's how it goes. Um, but it was fun to, to be able to, to witness that Chinese national team and hopefully what they've done will lead to more investment across the board for women's hockey. Mm -hmm, for sure. So as you look back upon these preliminary games and, and we're kind of looking forward who are some players that stood out to you in the preliminary round that you suspect we're going to hear some more from as we're moving forward? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, someone that I think we heard a lot about and rightfully so was Sarah Fillier for yes. Canada. I think it's been amazing. What I love about the women's international tournaments and the Olympics obviously is no different is that you see some great goaltending as well. And mm -hmm. I know Jay Foster has been on to talk about that, but I mean, from Sorokina to Enrene Debien and how she played against the United States, Nana Fujimoto, as long as you have Nana Fujimoto in net for Japan, you know, Japan has a chance mm -hmm. and they've gotten much stronger faster, confident on the forward lines. So that's been exciting for Japan to see. And I'll give you one player that I honestly, well, maybe two. Uh, okay, now I'm saying maybe four. I don't know. There's a, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a bunch of players that I think honestly have been having solid tournaments that we haven't been hearing a lot about. Natalie Spooner, last I mm -hmm. checked, is mm -hmm. at the top of, of the entire tournament with points. And this is something that we've seen from Natalie Spooner before. She's able to effectively and efficiently set up her teammates. And that's how she's able to continually, tournament after tournament, be at the top of the table when it comes to goals and assists, collective points. Um, sticking with Canada, Brienne Jenner, the goals that she's scoring for Canada, I would say are akin to, like when you say a goalie is making the right save at the right time, Brienne Jenner is getting the right goal at the right time. Might not be the prettiest thing, might not make sports center or, or whatever the case is, but it is absolutely a momentum shifter. So I want to give some stick taps to Brienne yes. Jenner. Um, I know that uh, I would argue that Sarah Nurse has been kind of, she's maybe uh, in the middle there uh, because of her hat trick. She got a lot of hype, but Sarah Nurse has been asked to play a different role for Hockey Canada this tournament. And I think she's really embracing it. So I want to, talk about her as well and then I have to give um you know Kessel and Carpenter that line is so mm -hmm. lethal those players are you know we talk about how consistent Marie-Philippe Poulain is th that they are that for the United States as far as I'm concerned so I I gave you a bunch uh but some <laughs> that I think everyone is and rightfully so talking about and some others that are really just stabilizing their team mm, love that Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about Team Japan. And so as we're looking ahead to these quarterfinal matchups, I think for me, the one I'm looking the most forward to, to be honest, is that Finland versus Japan matchup, the three versus six 
in the seating. Uh, Japan is definitely on an upswing. Second highest scoring rate in the tournament so far with Finland right below them. Both teams, you know, moving forward, getting better and better as the tournament was going along. Japan winning Group B. And I just think this is going to be a phenomenal matchup. I agree. And the thing about Japan that I've loved is that they've been consistent and steady within their game. I think a lot of, uh, including the United States and Canada, a lot of other teams, we've seen them react a little bit to the game that's been, um, you know, given to them by their opponent and then eventually find their way back to their game. And that can be a number of reasons, especially just how the games divvied out because of schedule. But I I just get a a calm consistency to Japan. They know who they are and they execute that on the ice. They have had some dramatic games, but have been able to to pull it out in overtime and and a shootout. And, And again, that goes back to Nana Fujimoto and the skill that they've been able to add uh, as for forward depth. So I'm with you. I like this game. I think I, I do have the edge for Japan here. I think that they have earned the benefit of the doubt right now, just given how, again, consistent that they've been, how they've played. Finland struggled, quite honestly, in the group stage. Um, that being said, you know, the, the opponents that they were facing were a little bit different. So we'll see how, we'll see how it turns out. For me, the game that I am most looking forward to is a rematch game. It's going to be Russia versus Switzerland. And there's a couple things that I think are interesting. Now, Russia won this in the preliminaries, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a different game. I think Andrea Brandley has really kind of gotten her feet under her in net. She's seen a lot of shots. This, I mean, like you want to talk about being warmed up, like warmed up. <laughs> But I also think it's interesting because Polina Bulgareva is out for Russia with COVID and she had a hat trick against Switzerland when they played the first time in the preliminary. So I think this game is going to be really interesting for me to see which team is going to be able to capitalize on the other team's, you know, fatigue or missing player. That's kind of my take on it. What do you think, Erica? How do you feel about that matchup? I love, I love those takes. I really do. Um, team ROC is a team that um, I was talking on another, another podcast. They, they wanted to really solidify their spot in the top five for a little while. And we're close there, especially coming out of the Sochi games and, and things of that nature. Um, and then they, they just, you know, they weren't able to build that consistency. I like this team. I like how they've played. They have had controversy when it comes to COVID, mm-hmm. uh, among, among other things when it comes to Russia. But, um, you know, uh, that's, that's no fault of these women's hockey players. But, um, you know, I, I think that if they can just focus on what they have, um, I, I heard, you know, the players and you feel for them. I, I'm, you know, I, we're all in the same situation. Like you go and you test at one time and then you test again and all of a sudden the testing is different. Is it, is it inconclusive or is it actually positive? So I get that. It's, it's heartbreaking. I can only imagine for an athlete, but as much as possible, Russia just needs to, you know, stay the course because Switzerland is another team that has not really played to their potential, I think in this tournament. And (laughs) this is where, again, the women's uh, hockey tournament, you really um, have to play good hockey at the right time if you're not, you know, one of those top teams. And so Switzerland, if they can find their game, 
I think that they could have a chance over ROC. But similarly to what I said about Japan, I think that ROC has earned the right to be the presumptive favorite going into this matchup. I 100% agree with you there, Erica, about ROC. And I do think that they're going to win this game. But I also want to talk about USA versus Czechia. Because I do think that this is going to be a different kind of challenge for the American team. You know, I do think USA will win in the end, but Czechia has the highest shots on goal in Group B and third overall in the tournament. So they're going to face a team that's going to think, shoot first. And they Mm -hmm. do have a lot of offensive options to them. And then similarly uh, to the the U.S., their PK is not great, but it's not as bad as Team USA, (laughs) to be honest. Um, They allowed four goals in 15 PKs uh, for them. So, you know, I think that there's some similarities between these two teams. And so they'll be interesting to see how they match up against each other. Yeah, Rachel, I'm glad you mentioned special teams. Here we go again. But uh, I, uh, for one of my my latest stories, I definitely was looking at those numbers, and you're absolutely right. I looked at where Czechia is, Czech, Czech Republic, and, um, you know, I I think that that's, that's going to be something that I'm watching for both teams. Because at the end of the day, if either team is going to advance, presumptive uh, favorite is is the U.S. for sure. Mm-hmm. They need to really use this game to get serious about special teams. And for the United States, that also includes the power play. I think it's a lot of kind of skating around. We know that the USA, they're great skaters. Absolutely. Give them open ice. Come on. What are we talking about? But if you're not, if you have open ice on the, more open ice on the power play, uh, you you got to get it done. You got to get mm-hmm. it done. And I just, you know, everyone in, in hockey, it's a big thing. Shoot, shoot. Well, if we had a crowd, uh, I think they'd need some signs and, and just telling the U.S. To, to really get some, some, not just any kind of shots. I should say they need to get their, their themselves moving a little bit more so they can get yes. the goalie moving laterally. Yes. They played a very direct power play um, at times, a, a very direct, even at even strength. And they're a strong team. They're a fast team. And I think they utilize that a lot. But they're also a skilled team. And so knowing when you have to get after it and get shots up, which obviously was not an issue against Canada, and then knowing when to utilize pace of the game and, and you know, start and stop uh, to, to get the other team fooled and get them moving. I loved that that move that we saw Abby Murphy where and Renee yep. Debian just made an, mm-hmm. an, an, out an insane save um you know and that's that's just how it goes but you know you love to see stuff like that or carpy and kessel on that breakaway how they were moving the puck the united states has been so great in feeding from below the goal line they need to get back to that Mm -hmm. no i totally agree we need to see a little bit different power play coming from the united states and this is a great opportunity for them to kind of find their feet when it comes to that. Of course, we do have to talk about the Canada-Sweden matchup. Uh, Sweden, the lowest scoring rate of the tournament versus Canada, the highest scoring rate. So what does Sweden have to do to kind of stay in this game, Erica? How do you see this one kind of sifting out? Well, I mean, you know, for those who follow women's soccer, 
Maybe they need to take a book out of the women's uh, uh, Swedish national team where they oh, just yeah. gave, <laughs> they gave the USA fits to the point where Hope Solo was, you know, just, just going off post-game presser. But what I'm saying there is as much as you can, you got to pack it in because this yes. is really going to be about Sweden being able to withstand a high-octane offense. That's the first thing that they have to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And then <laughs> then also find ways to, once a little bit of space is given, to take it. Because mm-hmm. we have seen Canada, even in that last USA game, they had to adjust because they were giving up a lot of, of space. And they, they were allowing those, those breakaways and those rushes because of their own formation. That's something that Troy Ryan talked a lot about. And that's something that players said they had to really uh, address and fix. And so you saw some of their tactics and strategies change so that they could, uh, Canada could stay packed in and compact and not give those opportunities to the USA. So I'd like to see Sweden do that. I really don't know that there's any other choice here. They have right. to be solid yeah. defensively, absolutely solid, wiping bodies from in front of the net and then hoping that once they do have that free puck, that they're winning those battles, that they're winning the faceoffs, and that they can get something going the other way. And for Team Sweden, Emma Soderberg played all four preliminary games for the team and I think got better and better as the tournament went on and she wound up being one of the top goaltenders of the preliminaries overall statistically. So, you know, I think she's going to have to have the game of her life and, but I, I think she can do it. That's the thing in watching her. So um, again, not expecting an upset here, but I think, you know, if she can hold her own, I think they'll at least, you know, make it a lot more fun and competitive. Yes, indeed. And this is a this is a tournament. The women's tournament has always been where you're really looking at a goaltender having to put up just just honestly some wild numbers. Um, And so I think uh, you're absolutely right there. Uh, Minnesota Duluth product is is going to need to really get those pads working. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Erica, thank you so much for joining us again to talk the elimination rounds. And hopefully we'll be talking to you again soon as the rest of the Olympics progress. Oh, always a pleasure to join you both. I think you're doing a great job. Uh, I'm loving watching the show and always a delight to, to be a part of it. We'll talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game coming up this weekend. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops. Of course, they have NHL, boxing, and UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Once again, thanks for making Locked on NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. All right, and so we had four games in our North American overnight and early morning to talk about. And which was the one that was the most exciting for you? 
I mean, not to play favorites, but I really loved the USA-China game. I think uh, it started off a little shaky, but it was really good because you could see USA kind of find their footing in that game. So I thought that was a terrific game to watch. Um, also liked Sweden versus Latvia uh, on la late last night, North America time. Um, I thought that that was a pretty wild game as well. You know, I got to agree with you on both counts in the USA versus China matchup. First off, it felt like a Michigan versus China <laughs> game it with did. all of the goals from University of Michigan guys. And we talked on yesterday's show about the strategy of Team USA to have a significant number of young players on this team versus a lot of the other teams have older veterans or you know guys that have been playing in their home countries leagues for quite some time and man did these kids show up uh sean farrell with a five point wow. game unbelievable three goals to assist noah cates had a goal he was the only uh, one of those kids who was uh he's from umd not michigan but <laughs> um yeah brendan brisson uh maddie Beniers and it, it just a phenomenal performance. And I think the difference for me between this game and the Canada versus Germany game, which mm -hmm. we'll get into, I think, is that Canada came out to a really strong start, three nothing up. And I think like uh, people got worried about Team USA because they didn't score right away. But I, I yes. think the the creativity that exists in the college game really translated well mm -hmm. into Team USA's game plan. And you're right, they they kind of slowly warmed up and got into it. And that's why the goals came, I think, mid later in the game. And also China is a very strong team. They're essentially a KHL team, right? The right. Lanka Rays KHL right. team. And so they're used to playing together more. They're a very physical team. You know, they play in that KHL style. And so, you know, it took a while for Team USA to figure out how to work around it. And they did. Whereas I think with Canada versus Germany, you know, Germany eventually settled in, right? And, and mm -hmm. figured it out in terms of preventing those chances in the latter parts of the game. And so Canada cooled off. Well, and I think we saw something kind of similar in the Sweden versus Latvia game where it was kind of all Sweden at first, but then finally Latvia kind of found their game and kind of crawled back in the game. It was a 3-2 loss for Latvia over Sweden, but it really showed that once these teams get going on the ice, they can kind of read their opponent and find ways, like you said, creative ways to sort of keep these games within reach. Um, and I do agree with you about the USA game. I thought we saw some really great glimpses of collegiate hockey, which was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And, you know, your point about that Sweden-Latvia game was spot on. I think, you know, by the third period, Sweden looked absolutely shook and they did not know what was happening <laughs> yes. in that third yes. period. And Latvia just came so close, a three to two, the final score there, you know, pulling the goalie at the end and just bringing out all the guns and just yeah. ultimate, ultimately couldn't make it happen. But it was a really good effort there for Team Latvia against a strong Team Sweden. And then, yes. you know, we also took, on yesterday's show in our preview about the draft eligible prospects on Slovakia. And while they lost to Finland 6-2, to two, it was an absolute dominating performance by Finland. We did get two goals yes. from Juris Slavkovsky in that yes. game. 
Yep. And I thought there were some bright spots in that game. Finland definitely was very dominant. Sakari Manenen had a hat trick in that game. So they, you know, they were very dominant, but there were definitely good glimpses of some skilled play there by Slovakia. And it's always good, I think, to see these young prospect players in, you know, kind of a bigger stage in a more wide variety of play. Uh, I thought it was a I thought it was a decent game. Uh, the score probably didn't reflect maybe how well some of the Slovakian players played, but you know you're playing Finland. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think that will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow, of course, and we're so excited. We'll be welcoming Ann Tokarski from the Ice Garden, who covers women's hockey, and she is super knowledgeable. So we'll talk about the women's medal round and her take on how the tournament has gone so far. Very excited for that conversation. And of course, the latest from the men's tournament. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.